This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Uh, Mark and I returning from a couple of days off. Well, not really. They were working days. We were just working in uh, New York City at the Talkers Magazine Convention. Working a heck of a lot harder than I normally do, I'll tell you that. Oh, it's, it's real hard work well, at Talkers. I'm just saying. Schmoozing I, around with the industry having to stay up late. What about my nap, Ian? What about my nap? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I took a nap. It wasn't my fault that you didn't want to sleep with me and take take one then. Yeah, that's that's the most disturbing part. We did get part to sleep it, together. Yeah. Is the giant uh, king size bed that we slept in. <laughs> I don't know, guys. If if you want to be alone tonight, uh, you know, <laughs> really, really disturbing. It does sound like you had a good trip, though. No, it was very productive. Um, as you know, our amplifiers sent us there, which is our listeners, and um, man. It was a great time. We uh, got to meet with... It was even better than last year. Last year was the first time we went. This year was better because people know who we are more now, and so they'll come up and talk to us instead of us having to approach everybody. And so, you know, the the whole dynamic changes the more of these that you go to. So next year's yeah. probably going to be even better. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, big thanks to all of our amplifiers who sent us out there. Uh, we're doing Free Talk Live, so that means you can take control of the airwaves. Um, barring that, we've got stuff to talk about, in which case, Gardner, your third day in a row on the hey, show. I know. Uh, Pretty good time, and thank I want to thank you and also Julia, you guys for letting me fill in, and uh, also Julia for doing a, a really good job. That's such a lot of me crap. Through. I mean, we totally needed you, and <laughs> you're such a great broadcaster. You needn't thank us for anything. Thank you for filling in. Thank I had you a great time. from thank the you listeners for, for at, making a live show that they could listen to rather than having to, uh, you know, sit here and listen to reruns. So thank you. You got it. It was, it thought, was a great time. One really point good. I found very very amusing was uh, mm-hmm. at one point on the Friday show, Gardner was racking his mind, trying to think of the name of some senator. Yeah, yeah, I, and I finally got it. Did you? I don't, I don't know who he was, and it doesn't really... I was thinking to myself, and then Guard sort of... Uh, he deprecated himself a little bit after he couldn't think of it. He said, well, that shows you I'm not a very good talk show host. I can't think of it. That's not at all the determination of whether or not you are a good talk show host. Yeah, I knowing mean, these <laughs> these worthless politicians' names. Sorry. Right. I don't know all the names of all the gangsters in the world, so it's, you know, yeah, it's well, not a Yeah, well, and now, now that you bring it up, I used to do impressions of the guy. It's Charlie Wrangell. So oh, I, the draft just, guy. Yeah, it's yeah. like Charlie Wrangell. He just reminds me of Elmer Fudd, you know, so, uh, so there you go. no big deal. Don't think bad of yourself. In fact, I think that you raised the... I level of uh, free talk live we've we had some comments from our listeners that you know inevitably we get we always get these comments whenever we mm. do a, a co-host yeah. only show yeah. you guys should uh, replace yourselves with uh, <laughs> guard and julia Oh, man. So. Oh, anyway. my God. That's now you see how much they appreciate us. <laughs> so the hacks are back in the studio. Yeah. The, real, the real talk show host is a third man tonight. Okay. 800-259-9231. Thank God. We're going to start out with uh, one of your stories. It's yes, the sir. It's a story which I actually had in my prep, and so since we both kind of did the same prep, that means we should definitely do the, the story because it's that good. It's it's good news. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's very good news. In a tr- very troubling time, I was over at the Liberty Conspiracy site today, and I it was posted over there, and I was so happy to find this thing. The U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in the matter of an American who was being held, gee, what a surprise, by the Bush administration as an enemy combatant without being allowed his habeas corpus hearing. But he's, oh, a, ci- he's a citizen. Yeah. He's, oh, they can't do that to not. They can't do that to citizens. I know. 
Come on. Is all the Bush administration had to say was he's an enemy combatant. People didn't believe people didn't believe it was going to happen, but in fact it's an American citizen. It can happen to you. You got it. But wait, when when was he uh, first enemy combatantized? Well, here's the story. They don't give they don't like to give a lot of history. Yeah, yeah. The Associated Press came out with this one around quarter of four today. Uh, Zaini Shen Simpson writes the Bush administration cannot use new anti terrorism laws i.e. the military, uh, what was it, the Military Military Commissions Commissions Act of uh, 2006, to keep U.S. residents locked up indefinitely without charging them. A divided federal courts, uh, appeals court today said, yes. Divided. Yeah, divided. The ruling, it's incredible. Although, well, you'll find out a little bit more later about the judges that the Bush administration has been appointing. The ruling was a harsh rebuke of one of the central tools that the, the administration believes it has to combat terror. Quote, to sanction such presidential authority to order the military to seize and indefinitely detain civilians, even if the president calls them enemy combatants, would have disastrous consequences for the Constitution and the country. <laughs> Finally, that a sensible, is... sensible court ruling in this case. Incredible. Yeah, it was a two-to-one decision, the fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals panel. Uh, they ruled in the Military Commi- Commissions Act. They say it doesn't strip... Ali Almari, a legal U.S. resident of his constitutional rights. Now, now he's a legal U- U.S. resident, res- resident or a citizen. Uh, he is a legal, it's a, a legal U.S. resident. Okay. So, uh, well, let's check out because that's an excellent point. That's a very, very good point. The president. Well, that's what that's what our listeners are going to be asking themselves. Exactly. Because they're thinking to themselves. Oh, I'm more than a legal uh, legal U.S. resident. I'm, I'm a, a citizen. citizen. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, I carry around my citizen badge. It would seem to me that he must be a legal resident alien, if they if the writer is being specific enough that you pick up on this. That's a great point, Mark. It says here the government intends to ask. Oh, what a surprise that the Bush administration would appeal this. The government intends to ask the Fourth Circuit to hear the case, Justice Department spokesman Dean Boyd said. Quote, the president has made clear that he intends to use all available tools at his disposal to protect Americans from further al-Qaeda attack. Oh, yeah, he's not going to give up on uh, on the tyranny, yeah, the rise of exactly. tyranny. Including the capture and detention of al-Qaeda agents who enter our borders. Almari has been held in solitary confinement, here's the answer to Ian's question, in the Navy brig in Charleston, South Carolina, since June 2003. Yikes. The Qatar native has been detained. I, I don't recall hearing about this guy. This I, Maybe we have in the past, because I don't remember all of the names. I recognize but, the name. Okay. Mm, yeah, and here's the rest of it for Mark. The Qatar native has been detained since his December 2001 arrest at his home in Peoria, Illinois, where he moved with his <laughs> wife and five children a day before the September 11, 2001 attacks uh, to study for a master's degree at Bradley University. Uh, quote, this is a landmark victory for the rule so, of law. So, wait, wait. So he's actually, he's actually been in custody since 2001. Yeah. Uh, detained in s- December of 2001, and then he was then put in a solitary confinement in a Navy brig in 2003. Yeah. That's a long damn time. Yeah. I mean, that might even be longer than Jose Padilla. I think you're right. But either way, uh, now they're saying either charge him or release him, right? Yeah, which that's is the exactly same thing what, they said with Jose Padilla, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's exactly it. Now, I don't. I think it's very important to again bring up this distinction where, uh, for some reason, people seem to think that um, the foreigner should not be afforded the same habeas corpus 
uh, habeas corpus privileges than Americans should be afforded. Well, the attitude there is basically that Americans are better than everyone else in the world, right? Somehow that uh, we're better human beings than all other human beings. I mean, what is that all See, about? See, this is the thing that bugs me. They seem to think that pr- the proscriptions against the United States government doing certain things or the rules that are written in the Constitution only apply when they're applied to American citizens. Right. You know, and, and that just doesn't make any sense. It's you know, The Declaration of Independence said that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. It, right. you mean, it didn't say all men born within a certain uh, plot of land. Right. It and didn't it, say that. And it also doesn't say, well, these are the rules that the U.S. government will use in cases of this or that or whatever. Right. So, a, it, but in this case, it'll be different. Since that's a founding document, our government should act as though everyone has those rights, even though it doesn't believe it. That's fine. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. Right. Now, I'm, I, you know, I can understand why they have their immigration rules or whatever, they, you know, limiting people to come in, but that doesn't have anything to do with treating somebody that they've detained um, yeah. as though they have rights. And, and even like if, the right of habeas corpus, which exactly. is a 600-year-old right. Even if people thought that the rights were only being protected for Americans... The, the legal apparatus that has been created under the U.S. Constitution and the Congress, which can create the court system uh, above the, the states and below the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. the legal apparatus that has been created does not allow habeas corpus is something that is supposed to be used within the court system. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't say whether it's going to be used only for Americans or only for foreigners. If you are going to be tried... In the American court system. In the American court system, you are supposed to be afforded habeas corpus. Which is why why they want to create a third way. That's why they want to create that military tribunal option where they don't have to worry about all that stuff. And so this is the uh, at least the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals sort of rebuking that idea. Uh, of course, the fight's not over. They're going to appeal this, but we'll keep our fingers crossed. At least, at least we got one positive ruling. That's, That's some good. good news, right? More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So do enjoy those on us, including the archives. An entire uh, entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Grab them up for free at freetalklive.com. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer? Very little. But the Prometheus Institute at readpi.com is looking to change that, implementing practical and innovative solutions to today's most pressing policy issues. Visit readpi.com today. So, a little bit of good news in the appeals court, one of the appeals courts, the fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, 2-1 decision. And, you know, Ian, I should mention something about that. You know, we were talking about whether this guy was an illegal alien or just, you know, if he was an American citizen. And there are a couple quotes in this in this. this ruling in the Fourth Circuit that are really quite significant. Okay. Uh, first of all, he is a resident alien. Okay. And it, they actually make note of that in the ruling. It says that the Military Commissions Act was not intended to, this is quoting uh, Judge Diana G. Motes out of the Fourth Circuit, uh, the M- MCA was not intended to and does not apply to aliens like Almari who have legally entered and are seized while legally residing in the United States, according to the court's majority opinion. The court also said that the government failed to back up its argument, which we heard from Alberto Gonzalez ad infinitum last year, 
that the authorization to use military force, i.e. their supposed declaration of war, which was not one, enacted by Congress immediately after the September 11th attacks, gives the president broad powers to detain Elmari as an enemy combatant. They said that the government failed to back up this argument. They say the act neither classifies... They're just making it up. Yeah, they just made it up, exactly, which is exactly why... They wanted to not declare war because with a guy like Almari, they would have had to have tried the guy as some sort of prisoner of war or, as we mentioned before, right. under U.S. terrorism statute. So they, they went through this uh, process of passing the Military Commissions Act of 2006, which so supposedly legalized all this awful activity on the part of the government. Yeah. And now the court is essentially throwing it back in their face saying, nah. It didn't do what you thought it was going to do, uh, and even if it did, we're telling you that's no good. And it would be an indication to me that if there are cases that are brought up of American citizens, that uh, they will probably rule in favor of these people getting their habeas corpus hearings. I, However, I sure hope so. But the, you know, the real question is, if you're picked up as an enemy combatant, then are you really ever going to be able to let anybody know? Oh, that is a great question. Because, because under the, the military, you're right. Go, go for right, it. Yeah. Because under the Military Commissions Act, it's all secrecy. It's uh, you, you're picked up secretly, you're put in a secret location, and you're not allowed to talk to a lawyer. Don't forget the uh, secret evidence, uh, secret uh, secret trials, secret witnesses. You don't even get to be a you know you're not even allowed to appear at your own trial. That sort of thing. Right. So, right. You know we're going to have to execute you because um, we've had a trial and it looks like you're guilty. We can't tell you anything about it, but uh, trust us. Yeah, right. they, they've even said that they would yank the law licenses and try to prosecute the attorneys if they said anything about their clients being held. So again, that's why I wonder because this guy Almari has been in con uh, confinement since. 2003 and been un in detention since 2001. He's been in government custody for over six years at this, ah, uh, but you at this see, point. But you see, I'm a neocon talk show host, Ian, and you radicals out there, don't you understand what sort of battle we're in? Mm. We've got to keep battle. people safe. We are trying to save America. Oh. Uh, well, uh, hold on. The, the America what that America, I imagine, exactly. it sounds like it's been destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. And, uh, and also, uh, there's something else on this on this thing. Uh, since they have ruled that this man is an alien, and uh, though he, but he is a legal resident alien, mm -hmm. uh, it would indicate that most American citizens might be afforded this protection, at least up to this circuit court. Uh, the question is, what's going to happen when it gets to the Supreme Court? Because, that is the question. Yes, remember that um, Antonin Scalia already went on record before the Hamden case. Before the Padilla case, before both of those cases, he went on record as saying, because he has a son who's in the military, mm -hmm. and he said he said something like, to the, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially, I'll be damned before I give those guys the same consideration that I would give you know, somebody else. So it's, it's a very dangerous path they're going to be walking in the Supreme Court with, these, with uh, Antonin Scalia, who's usually very good, um, Clarence Thomas, who's usually very good, and now the new guys. Uh, Alito and Roberts. That's it's scary. What uh, what could possibly happen here? I mean, this is just a a smidgen of good news. And I figured, you know, we we bring you such uh, such yeah. a lot of bad news on Free Talk Live. It's it's, it's a good idea to bring yeah. the good news Reserve out. As, positive. As little as it is, as in as incidental as it might be, especially after the Supreme Court gets a, a hold of it and possibly reverses the decision. Nonetheless, it is at least something positive. Another judge. At least not all of the judges in America are completely insane. Um, but but still, you've you've got to wonder because every everybody that the U.S. government has admitted to having 
they've been rebuffed to some extent by the courts. They've admitted to having Jose Padilla. You know, they sort of... I think they're going to learn their lesson here in oh, a little I bit. Think they, I'm sure they learned their lesson years ago. Yeah, they probably already a did. A couple of years ago, and they're just not telling us who they've got. Right, because mm-hmm. because what they did was, a few years ago, they brought out Jose Padilla as this, oh, look what we've done, we've kept you safe, he was going to bomb some, he's a dirty bomber, and you know mm-hmm. they tried to paint him as this d- evil terrorist, and then, of course, that was what the, their point was in bringing him out, was to say, look, we're, do, we're working hard to keep you safe, America, right, here's evidence. When they finally um, were forced to charge him, they charged him with a bunch of Crap. Non-terrorism related charges. Right. It had nothing to do with a b- dirty bomb or anything right. like that. And they're still yeah. holding the guy right. on things like disturbing the peace and nonsense like that. So yeah. then they figured it out after they've you know released the information about Jose Padilla. They re- released the information about Almari. They've, they've figured out that releasing this information just gets them scrutinized. So let's just not tell anyone from here on out. And the question is, if a loved one of yours disappears tomorrow... What do you think? I mean, do you immediately suspect the government? And even if you do suspect the government, so what? What, what are you going to do? How can you do anything about it? I mean, you don't know where the prisons are. You don't. You wouldn't even. Know. I mean, when somebody goes missing, there's certain things you do. You call the police department to see if they've been arrested. You call the hospital to see if they've ended up there in a car accident or something like that. There are certain places you can call, but you know, you can't call the FBI and say, "Hey, I'm looking for my dad." You know, <laughs> right. do you have him in one of your secret prisons? Colin Powell is right. Guantanamo needs to be shut down immediately, simply because it, it's a huge black eye on America. Well, they're not necessarily going to take these guys to Guantanamo. They've got they had Jose, uh, Jose Padilla in some brig in South Carolina. Understood. So they could just very well have them in some secret locations here. Oh, and that reminds me. Uh, don't forget, there was a story. I believe it was uh, last uh, Friday. They had a story. No, Saturday. They had a story about the U.S. government being shown by Europeans. To have been using NATO ties to open up those facilities where they were not detaining and not interrogating in means that went beyond the Geneva Accords, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the the uh, enemy combatants that they were holding in Poland and Romania. Remember when the New York Times revealed that all these uh, neocons said, "What an un-American newspaper!" Right? How Coming dare out you? With this information there, you're revealing state secrets. Oh, I thought the Bush administration denied that. You mean you don't mind them lying? It's for American safety. Oh, really? Okay. So if we're not conforming to say the Geneva Accords and we're torturing these people, then you don't care. How would you like it if American soldiers were captured and they were tortured someplace and you didn't hear about that? Well, remember, Gardner, Americans are better than the rest of the world, so that'd be okay for them. Hey, it's it's the golden rule. Treat people as you would like to have them treat you. I agree with that. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves like Paula is going to do here in moments in Florida. We'll talk to her and your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one-in-three chance you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year. And that lawsuit 
could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets.net. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. It's Paula in Florida. Hey, Paula. Hi, hon. Hey, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? I was just calling about this situation in New Hampshire, and um, I think this just makes me totally sick. And I've called as many people. I've called Washington. Wait, which situation are you referring to? The Ed Brown Uh, situation? What's going on with the Browns up there in New Hampshire? Yeah, I've actually just gotten an update on that. Apparently, uh, there are there are more concerns that there may be a second attempt at a raid by the feds. Of course, we're talking about Ed and Elaine Brown, two people in their 60s. Uh, they're retired who would very much like to enjoy their lives, but unfortunately the federal government is insisting on throwing them into jail cells because they've decided to keep the money that they earned uh, instead of send it to the federal uh, federal government. And so as earlier, I think it was about a week ago, or at some point last week, the feds had uh, had surrounded their house with all sorts of armament, uh, armament and troops and guys in camo, face paint and that sort of thing, turning people away, shut down the roads. Right, and they claimed that they were doing all that because they needed to serve a warrant on the dentist's office that was owned by Elaine Brown. But the dentist's office is in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and the Browns' household is in Plainfield, New Hampshire. Now, I don't understand why you'd need to send a bunch of armored vehicles and troops to the house when your alleged purpose is to seize the dentist's office. Seems a little bit like they might be lying. All those dangerous uh, dental tools you got to get, you know? Basically, people are thinking that uh, the thing last week was sort of a, trest, a test run, a trial run, to see what the response would be like from the activists. And indeed, activists did get activated. The A lot of the free staters went up there with cameras and that sort of thing. And I don't know if they were expecting that, but they certainly found out that that's what they were going to get. Rumor has it, I guess, that today Ed's power is uh, has been shut off yet again. And there are more concerns about something uh, something going down. Apparently, the feds have been showing up at the houses of some Ed Brown supporters and uh, leaving cards looking to talk to people. Um, and, of course, we know that the feds have been threatening people. They've said that if you are seen as a supporter of Ed Brown, that you could uh, could be receiving some federal charges. And, of course, Free Talk Live uh, is uh, I'm in support of Ed Brown. So I, I'm interested as to see if uh, whether or not they come to talk to me or maybe they mean people that actually physically bring things to Ed Brown. Brown. I'm not sure which, uh, but either I way, talk, they're busy. I talked talk to the representatives today. They're having a meeting about IRS. Who is the IRS? The rep- yeah, the representatives are. They're they're doing something to get something this stopped. Oh come on! Who, wait, wait. What representatives are you talking about? Up there in Washington, I called them and they said that they're. I, I've talked to uh, quite a few of them, and they said that yeah, they're you actually talked to the representatives. Yeah. Uh huh. What are some of the names of the representatives you talked to? Well, Bill Nelson, Korean Brown, uh, uh, Biden. Um, uh, Leahy, uh, Conyers. Uh, you actually um, talked to those representatives, Paula? Come on, no one really believes the, that. I talked to the people there that answered the phone, and they said right. that they were having a meeting. See, now that's different, Paula. When you make a claim, you should probably be more honest about it. See, when you well, say you talked to the talked representatives, to you didn't actually talk to the representatives. You talked no, to the bureaucrats. I talked to office, and they yeah. told me what was being done, that there's a yeah. meeting going on when I called, and that they were trying to get something done about this. But the, did they tell you what that something was? No, I was trying to get out of them. I said, exactly what? And they said, right now they're in a meeting about this. Yeah. And so then I called the FBI's office. I called Homeland Security. Um, um, I mean, the U.S. Attorney General's office. And I mean... Letting them know. You what? know, Paula, they're, they're... I, I'm glad somebody's making calls to the bureaucrats in D.C., but honestly, I don't, I don't really think they cared. 
I, I really just don't. I don't get Maybe. that impression. When, whenever I've called any D.C. politician, which has been so. What else is she going to do from Florida, though? No, no, I understand. I, she could she could call the local cops in uh, New Hampshire and encourage them not to participate. There are some suggestions as to doing that sort of thing. Um, but I really don't think you're going to get anything out of this, Paula. I'm just maybe I'm being uh, pessimistic, you know. Maybe. Or just try it, hon. I mean, that's all we can do. It's right. a good it's a good effort, Paula. And you know that sentimentally, it's so difficult to think on a moral moral level that in this this nation that was founded by people who went and put their lives at risk to try to stop the British government from imposing things like the intolerable taxes on them, that uh, a guy is just trying to stay in his house and is not threatening anyone with offensive violence, nope. and yet his life could be forfeit because he has not given up enough of what everybody else wants. It's sick. Yeah, it's absolutely tragic. Any final thoughts for us, Paula? Well, and, uh, also, I'm saying this is the most sickest thing I've ever heard in my life. And, I mean, my family helped found this country. They helped write our Constitution. I mean, I knew there was no income tax law. Well, yeah, now, I mean, there are have... people that will disagree with you on that, um, but it really I, – and I, I find that to be a point of weakness with the uh, the Browns' argument and many uh, tax resistors' There's arguments. tax code. That's all yeah. there is. Law, code, law, whatever. Either way, the, the fact of the matter is there are people in reality uh, outside of whatever is written down on paper that think that there are laws. Whether or not there is or not is not, I don't know, and that's an academic discussion for another time. And, Paula, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from yeah, you. Yeah, in the abstract, that's a fascinating conversation. But well, I, you know, it doesn't fascinate me. It really doesn't fascinate me in the least. I could care less what the law says. It, to me, the law is nothing more than words written on paper by men and women that I don't know. Um, and so, you know, law schmaw, what I care about is right and wrong. And, uh, and I believe you touched on this fairly effectively over the weekend, but it's not right to take things from people at the point <laughs> of a gun. Right. Mom taught you that in preschool days. You know, when you were just a young kid, you if you took something from little Johnny next door, she'd tell you, you know, Gardner, little Johnny's a nice boy, and we, sh- you know, if you want to share your toys with him on a voluntary basis, you're welcome to do that. But and if Johnny wants to share his toys with you, if you ask him nicely, he might do that. But if you take things from Johnny and shove him down, that's that's just not nice. And you'd think that we would have retained that sort of uh, important lesson into our adult lives, but apparently the people that work for government just lost all and you of know, that. And you know, Ian, it's interesting because all the other things that are accrued on top of that, like layers of dust of, uh, on top of a document that's been sitting there forever or something that you find valuable, the idea of individual liberty has had all these other layers put on top of it. Oh, well, you live in our community, therefore you're tacitly accepting what we, we decide are <laughs> laws. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, well, that essentially excuses majority coercion. And and that's yeah, not why people are around each other. Right. If I why? were to move if I were to move into a southern state or a slave state back in the 1800s. Yeah. Um that would not necessarily mean that I would agree with the laws that uh, that upheld slavery in that particular case. It's I would amazing. still do everything I possibly could to disobey and ignore those laws and help get those slaves uh, out from under those chains. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the law is not the end all be all of what's right and wrong. And I don't understand how America got to that point. How, how, was it the government education system that played the major role here in training people to believe that if it is the law, 
it must be right. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Ian, because you have uh, different groups in the United States. You have those people who don't care about the rule of law, and then the people who do care about the rule of law get upset with them, especially those people who do believe that the laws are there to protect us from each other and so on and so forth. Of course, I would go a step further to say you don't really need the laws. You can do the same thing through free market, free associations, and people can freely congregate with each other of their own free will Mm. and not have it assumed that they agree with all the rules of the majority, but actually enter into contracts with those people, enter into volitionary contracts with them with private organizations that will uphold those contracts. In other words, the free market approach, as you have discussed. Right, to actually allow the marketplace to handle those things. Right, but it's interesting because on the different levels you have, uh, many people who are supposed conservatives believe in the rule of law. Right. Yes. They're very law and order types. Right. Well, you know, if you break if, the law, you must be punished. And so on, to on, the extreme. on that level, that's where you get the arguments about, well, is there a law? And some people say, well, if there's a law, okay, it's okay to have, they, they should conform to the law. But it's, it's not still okay. not okay. No, it's, it's, it's not okay to take things from people. Uh, by force. And that's right. what taxation is. It's confiscatory. Um, you're using coercion. You're threatening people with violence. You're threatening them with the, the, um, the theft of their property in the event that they don't pay up. And who could support that? 800-259-9231 if you do. This is your show. You can take control like Tom in New Hampshire is going to. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and that's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online, by the way, at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show, and there are a variety of different means to do that, including uh, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. But what I want to promote right now is something that really doesn't have anything to do with Free Talk Live. It's uh, just a personal promotion. Gardner asked me during the uh, the break about the Transformers movie that's yeah. coming up on the 4th of July. I believe is the official release date, or Independence Day, as I prefer to call it. Yes. Uh, but a lot of people are excited about this, as it should be. I mean, Transformers is a huge phenomenon. Uh, it's, uh, it's probably really the most popular, I think, probably amongst Gen Xers, as far as the, the old school Transformers, the Generation 1 Transformers, as they're Got called. Yeah. And... Uh, I happened to grow up during the 1980s, and I was a big Transformers fan as a kid, and so naturally I'm pretty excited about the movie, and I thought to myself, well, what better time, and I'm also somebody who likes to simplify my life, I like to clean things out, I like to sell things, I like to have less stuff. The simpler my life is, the less possessions I have, the better I feel. And I don't like it when stuff just sits around and I don't use it. And so if something's been sitting in a box for X number of years and I've never gone into the box for any reason whatsoever, then that's a qualification to get rid of that thing. And in this case, I figured it was a perfect time to get rid of my Transformers collection. So I... He is transforming the Transformers collection. Well, I'm going to uh, to pass it on to whomever uh, wins the auction that I put online, which is at auction.freetalklive.com. Uh, Holy you, can, you can go there and you can get all the details on it. It's currently at $33 right now. So and I'm looking at that screen on the on eBay. Oh my god. A lot of toys there. Yeah, I've got I've got 89 original generation 1 Transformers. Um, Those little guys or the big vast, guys? They're big guys and little guys there. Okay. The uh the vast majority of them are like in, sealed in sort of this heat shrink wrap sort of thing. Okay. Uh they've been that way since the early 90s when they were put up in my parents' attic. Mm-hmm. So 
89 Transformers. That's a pretty big collection. I've also got an entire case full of parts and guns and stuff. Uh, I've got the old 1984 Transformers lunchbox. I don't know. It's a collectible, probably. Uh, The 1984 Transformers adventure game, kind of this little board game thing for kids. And uh, it's up for auction right now at auction. That's a treasure trove. Yeah. Auction, auction where? Auction.freetalklive.com. All the details, huge pictures, so place your bid if you want to get all my old toys. So there you go. Oh, fantastic. That's all right. Great. Let's go to the phones and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah. First of all, everybody's homework assignment tonight is to read Patrick Henry's Liberty or Death speech. Not just the seven famous words. And no, it does not start with, is life so dear? It's a bit lengthier than that, but it's not too long, and it is truly awesome. So read the whole Liberty or Death speech. You know, I, I saw that. Uh, we, we went to see the um, Aaron Russo film, uh, America, Freedom to Fascism. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, they, they showed a little thing on We the People, and, and a guy got up and gave, in uh, period costume, gave the Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death speech. It was really good, too. And it was really great. It was moving to hear this guy give this speech. And the second thing is, for free staters who are moving to New Hampshire, if you're retired, consider the neighborhood right around the state house in Concord. Why? Where you can just you can walk on in there in the morning and have breakfast in the state house cafeteria with the legislators and attend the committee hearings, and you don't have to drive to Concord because you're already there. And okay, the I would is, agree with that. If you are a political person, then that is the place to be. If you if you're into politics and you're into doing all that stuff, then you should definitely be in Concord. If yeah, you, more. on the other hand, are into civil disobedience and other alternative methods of uh, of bringing government down to size or eliminating it entirely, then I don't think Concord's the right place to be. Yeah. Well, more debates go on in the halls and in the cafeteria than in the sessions and the hearings, because, you know, they're chatting with each other and you're sitting there and... They're thinking, well, gee, you know, like this terrible drunk driving crash at 1.30 this morning. Maybe they should roll back the closing hours of the bars. You've got to point out, look, they kicked the guys out. They had to kick them out in the middle of the night into the freezing cold. How were they supposed to get home? You I know, think it's you, an interesting idea the, because they know. really are accessible. The uh, the representatives here in New Hampshire, you can call them up. They answer at their house, um, and, they, and they are right there in the uh, the state house cafeteria if you want to sit down and talk to them. They've you can got do their that. phone numbers posted yeah. on the website. You know? And yeah. one other thing you can do, one morning eventually you'll get there and they'll all be whining like crybabies about the poor defenseless cop that got himself gunned down in a drug raid. You can point, compare it to like if you two went out and tried to rob an armored car and you got yourselves gunned down. You're not fallen heroes. You got yourselves killed in the act of your own violent wrongdoing, just like that cop. Now, Tom, you are an advocate of violence uh, against uh, against the state, and we actually no, have someone... I am on, not. I never advocated anybody do that. I say, when it happens, you can tell the legislators that this is what it is like. You, you don't actually go out and, and do any of this violence. Oh, okay, you so you're not actually that, that advocating. You just sort of beat around the bush. Let's go to, uh, let's go to the phones, because we actually have someone that wants to talk to you. It's Dennis in New Hampshire. Oh, did Tom hang up? Tom hung up. Oh, well. Dennis, you're on anyway with uh, without Tom. Hey, Dennis. Well, what a pity, because I was going to ask Tom.
Tom, if he thought there was any point at which it would be appropriate for people to rise up and defend themselves against judges instead of police officers. Maybe Tom will call back and definitely suggest that he do so. It's a fascinating question, Dennis. Like, what do what you think, Dennis? Judges, what if the judges were ridiculously unconstitutional and made a power grab to control the other arms of government? Gee, I would never think that that could possibly happen here in New Hampshire. That wouldn't be happening right now, would it, Dennis? <laughs> that you mention it. That's what they're in the process of doing. Hmm. It's amazing. You know, Dennis, it's interesting, too, because if you look at that, uh, let's say the judges, I mean, if you look at it from Tom's perspective, what if the judges uphold uh, some law that is clearly a tyrannical law? Are you are you in the right to defend yourself in some way? Uh, you know, Tom skirts around it a little bit by saying, look, you're just explaining to the representatives what is the final outcome. You're not necessarily condoning it or promoting the idea that people go out and and enact violence, even though it may be defensive violence against police officers. But we all know, as far as the image that uh, that, that gives to the public, it doesn't really serve our purposes all that well. Uh, when you can look at things that the judges are doing, and you can tell that the judges in the state of New Hampshire are basically skirting our state constitution, or, for example, if they are doing things that uphold uh, illegitimate or malicious laws, what do you do? Well, you certainly can't enact violence against them very well and, and come out on top politically, or even in some cases morally. How do you handle that? So, uh, Dennis, I know the problem that we're running into, it has to do with education, and I don't know how we're going to get around this, because there aren't enough people who understand that the judges can simply be overlooked. You can just dis disregard them. Yeah, they made their ruling. Now let them enforce it. Hey, I, I got to call Ian to the task, though, on, on one thing that he said earlier about if you're a political type, then you might want to go to Concord. And, uh, you know, Guard, I know I see you at the State House from time to time. Sure. Quote unquote, being political in this state is so, I mean, like last week on this very issue, me, Guard, and a couple other people were just handing out flyers to the legislators, basically imploring them to do the right thing and tell the judges that they have no guns and there's nothing they can do about the problem. Not in quite those many words, but uh, you know, being quote-unquote political, really in the context of people who are elected to office and are carpenters and plumbers and retired people, they're, they're not quote-unquote politicians, and mm -hmm. they can sometimes be reasoned with. Right. These, the politicians here in New Hampshire aren't, unlike most politicians everywhere in America, are not generally lawyers. I'm sure there's some lawyers in there, um, as lawyers are always going to be attracted to uh, uh, politics like flies to poo. But um, <laughs> the, the, the fact is, most of the politicians here, at least in uh, the legislature, in the uh, representative side of the legislature, are not uh, lawyers at all. Well, and you know, the other thing, Mark, is interesting, and Dennis, you probably have experienced this too. Uh, I'll give folks an example here in New Hampshire. Is we, have a, we have a very unique uh, state legislator, legislature and Senate where they're, they're basically not paid. They're not professionals, and they don't have all these assistants who run around. So you can talk directly to these guys. And uh, one state senator, Peter Bragdon, with whom I went to high school, uh, Peter's generally a pretty conservative guy. He's done some things with which I would dis disagree. But they were going to have a vote on this uh, amendment. Uh, basically to give the power to decide about education curricula to the state, which is just totally insane. Mm. And, uh, Dennis, I was there talking with a, a friend of mine, and out comes this friend who's now a state senator, this man, Peter. Right. And, um, and I said, Peter, you know, I know you're probably going to go in favor of this thing. A lot of the Republicans seem to be going in favor of this, and I, I hope you'll reconsider. 
Well, it turns out, just in the conversation that we had, he said to me, you know, Guard, you've almost convinced me. He goes back into the Senate, ends up voting against it. <laughs> so it might have been because of you then, It, it might have been. And, and imagine, it's just, it's nice to know. So even if you're not of the political stripe, hey, you know, as long as you're working towards a negative to reduce the size of government... Hey, why not give it a shot? At least sit there and let, let people know you're around. Very good, Dennis. Maybe Tom will call in uh, tomorrow night and give us his answer to your question. Or maybe he'll never call again. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call. Appreciate <laughs> well, it. I'm sure he will. 800-259-9231. I don't know. He's pretty upset. you got to be pretty upset to hang up on a free talk live. Hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll free at 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number two. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Roll right into the phone calls. It is Eric in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, um, I heard you guys talking about the American Constitution and judges. Well, I thought I'd tell you about uh, the situation of freedom of speech in Canada, since I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. Do tell. I, I wasn't sure that those things were compatible, but go ahead. Uh, it, well, uh, our Constitution is a joke, to say the least. It, it literally has the, the clause that says, you know, every Canadian's guaranteed to freedom of speech, and then under it, unless, you know, you offend someone's you know, feelings or something. <laughs> I have the, I have right here, this is the real government uh, document, the uh, human, Canadian Human Rights Act, mm-hmm. and this is a crime, uh, Section 13, hate messages. It is a discriminatory practice for a person or group of persons acting in concert to communicate telephonically or to cause to be so communicated repeatedly, blah, 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 any matter that is likely to expose a person or persons to hatred or contempt by reason of the fact that the person, yes, yeah, is boring law, but anyway, that's, that's our... So there's a, there is actually a prohibition against hate in Canada, is what you're saying. Yeah, you, you, people... And uh, it kind of got me a little angry, because recently there's this, this uh, like, funny site, and it has, like, little cartoons, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this one cartoon, and it... it I don't know exactly what, but it, it maybe it implied the word Negro or some sort of derogatory black term. Gotcha. And, um, and now it's being taken to the Human Rights Commission. Unbelievable. You know, Eric, one of the things that drives me nuts about that is anytime you come up with laws, and we can come up with all sorts of anecdotes when somebody said, what was it down in uh, like New Jersey, somebody used the term niggardly and uh, basically had to resign his seat from some aldermanic board or something mm. like that a couple of years ago. And niggardly has nothing to do with anybody's race or pigmentation or anything. Um, but uh, on, on the general aspect of it, Eric, what's fascinating is when you, when you produce laws that have something to do with something which is purely subjective, whether you've been insulted or degraded or something like that, it leaves it so open to interpretation that you yeah. might as well not even have the laws. It's just a, it's a, it's a manner of, of coercing and, and manipulating people. But then you think about it and you say, what about, what about laws regarding our physical 
are, are, are physical beings as well. Yeah, your you know, bald head, uh, that insults me, and, Gardner. And, yeah, and I'm offended. Is, in certain cases, we have differing levels of things like assault, aggravated assault. Uh, there's murder, different levels for murder, second-degree murder, first-degree murder, mm-hmm. manslaughter. And so they come up with all these different, these different approaches to even physical harm, which, again, you say, well, you know, it's all done to sort of help the, the court system along. We come up with these distinctions because certain people shouldn't be prosecuted under certain laws. But at a certain point, it becomes very unmanageable. And you say, I would prefer to be in a system where if I entered the system, I could look at the way that it works and say, I'm going to sign on to this with my hard-earned cash. I'm going to voluntarily enter this society. Again, a private yeah. justice system. Well, we didn't all, none of us got that opportunity. Now, Eric, the, uh, the website you're referring to, was it hosted in Canada? Oh, oh yeah. It was, um, it's a French website because, you know, we have Quebec. It's mm-hmm. a French-speaking province. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but just a side comment, it's only French speaking because of government regulations. There's, now, are you yeah. are you allowed to um, to post your hate speech on another website that's hosted in another country, or is that illegal too? Is it illegal for Canadians to post any sort of so-called hate speech anywhere, or just on Canadian-based websites? Oh, uh, this is. Con- I remember we once. I think we extradited someone to Germany on hate speech. It, it gets confusing. Uh, th- there's a recent, uh, they uh, interpreted the law by telephonically, they interpreted the internet. So it's quite likely if what you mean is you post something in Australia mm-hmm. and you come to Canada, you could be charged. If that's what you're trying. It's amazing. And, uh, and uh, when, you know, because everyone I, you know, I associate with, they all think this is a wonderful law. And they say, you know, you're not supposed to expose groups to hate. And the example I always use is, so if you tell an Amish person, you know, respect women, give them equal rights, you know, and you kind of put their religion down for being uh, bigoted, right. is that hate speech? I mean, is trying to support equal yeah, rights. you may against... be hating on the Amish there. That's yeah, a good, good. I, I good. How about George Bush the first when he said, I hate broccoli? What mm-hmm. happens if you get broccoli growers in Canada and he comes into Canada? They could prosecute the guy. How often do these uh, prosecutions happen? There's... So they're quite rare. They happen. The main. It's mainly used to enforce uh, employer discrimination. I mean, that probably happens daily. Mm. The speech thing happens at least I don't know a couple times a year. You hear about it in the news. But I mean, they're setting a precedent, right? This is a yeah. new thing. It's, it's new? not going to be long. But this is a new law. Uh, no, it was first in about 1980s when we introduced the Canadian Human Rights Act, and recently. Uh, telephonically was interpreted to mean the Internet. So it only would, would have been within the 90s that people on the Internet could have been prosecuted. Wow. Right, right, right. So the, the prosecution of Internet so-called hate speech is the new thing, then? It's the new, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Now, you know what? I personally don't like racists. I, I hate racists. Um, could you get in trouble for that? Like, could you get in trouble for hating the KKK? Reciprocal or? hate. How yeah. does that work? Well, it's uh, it's a legal double stack. I don't, quite I don't know how it works. <laughs> well, yeah. That's like I remember one time I was watching Politically Incorrect and they had Deepak Chopra on, and uh, Deepak Chopra was getting all over Bill Maher for being too negative. He's like, "You should not be so negative. That's very bad." And it's like, "Okay, Deepak, Mister Son of Light or whatever is you know this <laughs> new agey guy." I'm like, "Wait a minute, Deepak should be negative about him being negative. Where does it stop? where does it end? Yeah, right." Oh, Chris, man. thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Or Eric, rather, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's tempting. 
You know, that's a tempting law for people because most people are good people. Most people, um, they don't necessarily overtly hate one group or another. Sure, there are some racists out there, but I think by and large the majority of people are good people. Um, But there are those who who hate others based on the silliest of factors, the color of their skin. Right, how uh, much melanin they happen to have, how much pigment. The place they were born, that sort of thing. Religion. Accent, and I would love to have those people just disappear off the face of the earth. If I, you know, if I could snap my fingers and make hate go away, gosh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it's appropriate to pass laws against that sort of thing because then it is open to interpretation. And of course, who's going to do the interpreting? It's not you or I. It's going to be political people. It's going to be bureaucrats. You got it's going it. to be politicians. It yeah, perfectly said. Yeah, absolutely. So you remember the story we were talking over the weekend? Uh, Julia got a story uh, from Nebraska about uh, this woman being prosecuted under a Nebraska, spe- uh, Nebraska no-flag stomping law. Her son, she was allowing her son to stomp on the U.S. flag. Mm. And, uh, and so, it, you know, it, this is, what if, okay, so let's say he's not stomping it. Where does mistreatment come in? At what point does it come in? Because, you know, if you let the flag touch the ground, that's supposed to be a sign of disrespect. Disrespect is supposed to burn the flag. Right, if it touches so, the ground. Yeah, if it touches the ground. I mean, I had a fourth-grade teacher, Mrs. Wheeler, who was very, very patriotic in the traditional conservative sense. And, yeah, on Fourth of July, or, well, just prior to it, it was the, uh, it was the uh, 200th anniversary of the country, the bicentennial, I was the guy who had to carry the flag around. And by the end of this parade that we had for all the kids, my arms felt like they were going to get ripped out of the socket sure. with some doll, you know? And I was like, oh God, I can't let it touch the ground. I can't. You know, and it's, I couldn't let it touch the ground. Or you know? she would have had a cow. Yeah, they would have burned the flag. Yeah. And so, and it was, you know, what happens if they see, can you imagine if they had seen this fourth grade teacher going forward and burning the flag that had touched the ground? Because that's the way the flag is supposed to be treated. You're supposed to burn the flag that touches the ground, and they only saw that. And then she tries to defend herself. Well, there's a ceremony. It just becomes absurd. There's this sort of process that you're supposed to go through before you burn the flag. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, all of those things, it's just, you know, at least, least, as we were mentioning on, on Saturday, at least the Founding Fathers didn't have one rule over everybody on speech. Yeah. Congress wasn't supposed to write these laws. Well, they understood that they understood that free speech was a critical aspect to having a free country. Yeah. And the the double-edged sword of free speech is that inevitably you're going to hear something if you're in public that you don't like. And so, you know, you get the freedom of being able to say what you want, but in return, you all, you'll have to listen, or at least you, you might come in contact with someone saying something you don't want to hear. And if that is the case, if you do come in contact with those people, then it's up to you to do your best to uh, disassociate yourself from them. Don't go to the bars that those people hang out. You know, don't, don't hang around with them and their friends anymore if you don't like what they have to say. But damn, don't throw them in a jail cell over it. I mean, the, the KKK may be an absolutely despicable, disgusting organization, but... I I have to defend their right to say the terrible things that they say. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to turn it off. And that's what you should do if you hear something you don't like. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Chris, Brandon, your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. So do enjoy those on us. And if you uh, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. So, um, also, one other point about our website, you should join us at the, the bulletin board system there. There are over, I, I think we're close to 250,000 posts. I don't know if we've quite eclipsed that yet, but we're darn close. And over 1,400 people interacting. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Serious issues as well. You'll find it all discussed, and it is all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Coming up tonight, Gardner, I, uh, yes, uh, I hope that we can get to this. I don't know if we will. It's an awfully long story. I'm going to have to do some editing during the breaks and cut out a whole bunch of it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be about the pets of Katrina. The pets of Hurricane Katrina. Okay. Of the aftermath, that All is. Right. And yeah. it's a it's a sick story, and it'll tie right into what we were talking about earlier with the, the whole uh, government versus private protection sure. services. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, let's go to the phones first, though, and talk to Chris in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Chris. Hey. What's hey, on your mind? Um, I wanted to ask, uh, actually, kind of a serious question about the judicial branch. Yes. Um, I I can um, see how, like the executive branch, it isn't necessarily uh, a necessity in the world we live in today. And uh, Congress, <laughs> they're completely worthless. Um, but like the ju- the judicial branch, um, I I never really paid like too much attention to it. But um, I don't know, like. I think about the Wild West, you know, which I don't really think was that wild. No, right, on. right, well, um, exactly. There's there's a lot of Hollywood in the Wild West, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Somehow people manage to live without, uh, you know, huge law enforcement bodies uh, pretty well. It's the nature yeah. of Hollywood to play up but, conflict. If we were to completely be without the judicial branch, like uh, I, I, the most uh, extreme situation would be like overnight, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, how 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 would you see that working? Well, um, the judicial branch goes away overnight. I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, um, I don't know. How, how would I, I just whenever I think about it, it just I always come to like this um, kind of stop. You know, I can't. Are, are you asking essentially how could you replace the government judicial system with a private judicial system down the, in, in? Yes, okay. sort of. Um, just how how would I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a hard question. That's why that's why I'm asking. Well, first of all, it wouldn't happen overnight. Um, secondly, the the replacement system is already sort of out there. There are already private arbitration companies. Uh, there's the American Arbitration Association, which if you take a look at your cell phone uh, contract or a variety of uh, maybe business contracts that you have, you'll actually discover that in many cases, not all, but in many cases, there is a uh, prescription in that agreement that says uh, this contract is uh, if there are you know questions about this or uh, you know an issue that you have with the other person involved in the contract you will not take it to a government court you will take it to the American Arbitration Association in whatever specified state that the contract was signed in and uh, and they will hash out uh, you'll hash out your issue in front of them and you will accept their decision whatever it is so uh, there are already a lot of contracts here in America that are um, overseen at least or enforced 
by the uh, by the arbitration businesses out there. So it will really just be taking that um, further than it currently is today. It would be that for you'd have the American Arbitration Association or whatever its competitors would end up being as the arbitrators in any contract that you uh, decided to get into from something as innocuous as, uh, say, you know, your cell phone bill to perhaps uh, the house that you're renting. Um, each agreement would have the, that prescription in it would say, well, here's where you need to go if you have an issue that you need to resolve. And uh, indeed, there could be more than one arbitrator listed because you may not like the results that the American Arbitration Association gives you. So in that case, then you could go to Mark's Arbitrator Court as a uh, second to get a secondary opinion. You could have as many um, as many different arbitrators in your contract as you wanted to, like essentially as appeals courts. You could have up to you know you'd have ten of them if you wanted to. Okay, you don't like that one. You, if the if the arbitrator comes up with agreement both parties cannot agree to, you go up to the next arbitrator. And you go up to the next arbitrator until someone comes up with an agreement that you both agree with and you'll accept. And so it really has more to do with restructuring contracts than anything else and making it so that there's just no government enforcement but instead private enforcement. And if you've agreed in advance to that private enforcement and whatever those provisions are, whether it be uh, you know hard time or whether it be uh, mon- monetary uh, remuneration or something like that, then um, that's all agreed to in advance. Now, of course, then the question becomes, well, what do you do if you haven't made an, uh, an, an advance agreement, right? What happens if someone just randomly comes and takes something you, uh, from, from you, for instance? Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, the ability to exclude with a priori agreements in a marketplace for the, uh, for the arbitration groups really gives people an incentive to try to sign on to those organizations that have been out there and shown that they perform well and that they're fair. They don't want to be excluded from human interaction. Human interaction allows us all to prosper, and it allows us to come together for the things that we can't create ourselves. And so when you've got that incentive, to be able to get things that you can't get or make yourself as well, and you know that it's in your best interest to join up with others under a certain arbitration group, whether it's for violent crime or for civil problems, then you say, hmm, there seems to be a system that comes about and works pretty well. It's just like with insurance companies. You can go to insurance companies and check out, well, you know, how many claims do you usually handle successfully? How, and how do you do this? They are themselves, in a way, dealing in arbitration. So all those things Yeah, the insurance companies and the arbitrators would be very closely tied yeah. together. Um, they may even be, in some companies' cases, one in the same or completely separate entities. Uh, but nonetheless, they'd, they'd all be working together. And if you were to come across a situation, and this is one of the things I need to really need to uh, reread in the Market for Liberty, which is a great book that mm-hmm. explains all of these things. Uh, but there's a, there is a segment about well, what about the random chance encounter situation? What what happens in that particular case? And in that case, then um, it, things become a little more difficult in that then you have to pick an arbitrator after the fact, and you have to uh, you know come to that agreement after the fact. Um, and if that person, and by the way, the good news is that in a world of arbitration. The arbitrators available in the marketplace will be available in the marketplace because they've proven themselves, because right. they've got uh, a reliable track record, because they've come up with uh, reasonable, uh, reasonable decisions that both parties have agreed to in you know, thousands of cases. Of course, there are inevitably going to be new arbitrators entering the business, but once they're established, you'll want to pick those arbitrators because you'll know they're going to be fair to you, and you'll know that they're not going to be political, like our current courts are today. So you and the other person would agree to go into that arbitrator, and if that other person was a scumbag and he didn't want to agree to go into any arbitrator, well, then in that case, you could just go in there alone and uh, have some sort of a 
you know, ha- have some sort of a reputation rating, uh, show, uh, I guess, placed against this guy in order to, so people would know in advance to, uh, to not deal with this person. And, of course, if he continues to try to rob people, inevitably he's going to end up against a protection organization or somebody uh, who's armed to protect themselves, and he might, might just get taken out eventually. I, I hope that helps you. Well, sort of. Um, who takes care of the, who, who pays for the prison? Who pays for the prisons? Yeah. Well, the prisoners, of course. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airways. We should expand on the prisons. Thing. Who pays for your apartment? You do. What? Unless you're on welfare. Well, yeah, right. I, I pay this for my This is apartment. your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, and that includes live streams, broadband version, and a dial-up version of the show, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 800-259-9231. We just uh, wrapped up a call from Chris in Indianapolis who had some really good questions about the free market justice system, the, you know, the concept of replacing government courts with private arbitration. Great call. Yeah. And uh, it's a great issue, one that I need to learn a little bit more about. I need to uh, to uh, solidify my answers on this, and I promise you I will. Uh, but but I have read some some things on this, and I find it absolutely fascinating. It's a, it's a fascinating thought experiment to imagine how the world would work, as far as the justice world is concerned, in the absence of the government monopoly. Because right now, government is uh, a monopolist in the world of criminal justice. The American Arbitration Association and whatever other arbitrators there are, if there are any, um, they've so, they've got a good foothold in the business world, and so really it would just be a matter of transitioning from uh, you know get, getting the government from away from the uh, the criminal justice world Absolutely. and putting private arbitrators in charge of it. So then Chris asked on the way out of his call, well, what about the prisons? You know, who's going to pay for the prisons? And my quick answer was, well, the prisoners, of course, um, in that they would be able to work while they were in the prison and uh, therefore generate some income for the prison. The prison would take a slice of that income for its overhead and uh, paying its costs and it would give a, a portion to the prisoner so he could sock it away so he'd have a little bit of a nest egg uh, when he gets out. But I'd also like to point out that in a free market world, there would be a lot less need for prisons in general. That's a great point. And there are several reasons why. Um, Number one, the war on drugs would be over. Right. That's a huge factor. That takes a chunk somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% of the people that are currently in prison in the United States, which, of of course, imprisons more of its population than any other country in the world. Staggering, man. All of the nonviolent drug offenders would be immediately out of prison. That'd be a huge open space in prisons that we have today. Um, Also, a lot of violent offenders would no longer end up in prison because a lot of violent offenders, uh, people who have harmed others or taken property or stolen whatever, uh, those people wouldn't necessarily be doing those crimes because many of those those crimes are done in order to 
get product. Procure uh, drugs. That right. was part of that 70% number I gave. Right. I'm just I'm clarifying I'm just, I, I who these people are. So a lot of the violent crime that we're associated with, to, that we know about today, would just be gone in the free market situation. Also, a lot of other crimes, property crimes, crimes where damage is done to, uh, to an individual or their property... When there's a victim and uh, there's an offender, the offender in a more free market environment and even in a smaller government environment would have to pay restitution. Restitution right. would be so much more popular. Imagine if a burglar, rather than getting uh, getting uh, punished by going to prison for for the offense, right, he got punished by having to pay for every little thing he broke or stole plus or interest. What he did on the way, and you know, there was some kind of uh, punitive damage as opposed uh, in right. money rather than going to prison. What if now, if he decided not to pay, then perhaps we might be talking about a debtor's prison of some sort like that. But right, and imagine you know if you have the power to exclude from your private community, then you have the power to, you have the power to set prior restraints on who can enter that community. You will have agreements as to whether or not people would agree to certain punishments for certain crimes if they were found guilty by the arbitration agency. Right, and if they didn't agree, then they would be in violation of their contract. In which case, it wouldn't matter if they didn't agree because they'd they'd signed the agreement. They agreed to it in advance. So if they decide to change their minds later on, well, too bad. Exactly. Exactly, and and so you can exclude them, and that's that's one of the most wonderful things about that situation is you've got those people who would not agree a priori, they wouldn't be allowed in, and they right. wouldn't be able to partake in all the advantages that civilized societies can have and can give to one another because people who are peace-loving congregate with each other and they come up with agreements. Exactly right. So we'd be ending the war on drugs, which would drastically drop uh, criminals right off the map. But there would still, of course, be some violent crimes. There would still, of course, be property crimes, in which case restitution would be a huge deterrent. Because as Mark pointed out, if you do a lot of crime and you only get caught once then it's not such a big deal. If you're only getting a light sentence, you're only spending 30, 60, 90 days in jail, and you've been doing a whole bunch of crime, stealing a lot of stuff, and you've, you know, you've really made a lot of money from your crime, then you know, no big deal. You just go sit your time in jail. You get out like many prostitutes do. They go in, they sit in, they get out, and they're back on the job. Yeah. Uh, if you actually have to pay back the person for the things that you stole... Then that's, Plus a little that's, interest in punitive damages. In, because now, now, the right. reason for that is, it, you know, Gardner, if I stole 100 bucks from you today, right, you, yeah. know, you weren't looking and I went in your wallet and took 100 bucks, and yeah. you know, somehow you found out, I don't know, fingerprints, whatever, yeah. that I took 100 bucks, and all I had to do is give you 100 bucks back. That's really just a no interest loan to me. Yeah, that's no good. For, that uh, doesn't, you know, two exactly, weeks. And no interest crime. loans are great. Right. So we would need some kind of punitive damage. I would need to pay back 200 or something like that to make it not only. Do I have to give, back, give him back his money? But well, I've got to pay back. Now, I don't know if it know, would. End, I don't know if it would end up being double, but the market would end up deciding on what the appropriate I percentage would be. I think in that particular case, um, it should be because if you take uh, if if you take the money without asking, you've taken this this loan um, by your own you know recourse. You've decided that that's that's the case, and that's not really fair to him. So um, you've got to make it punitive and make it so that people don't want to do it. I think 200 would be very fair. Okay, okay. Yeah. See, exactly right. So here we are disagreeing on that, and so only the arbitrators would end up being able to decide and based on what the market wants. Uh, so, again, restitution would end up being a significant deterrent to crime because criminals would know in advance that it's no longer the old method of, well, you just sit in jail for a few days. It's the new method of now you owe. Now you have to pay back. And so there would be different ways in which people could uh, pay restitution. So, for instance, if you, Mark... Um, for some reason lost your mind and started stealing things from Gardner, and uh, we took you to arbitration, and the arbitrators uh, ruled against you, of course, and said, Mark, now you're going you're gonna to have to pay Gardner back. Now, how do you propose to do that? 
I, in in my particular case, mm-hmm. I've got the money in the bank. Here, let me write you a check. Oh, problem hey, solved. Thanks. Okay, Sounds you don't good. have to spend any time in jail over that. So if you are somebody who is of um, high reputation, if you are somebody who, you know, you can be counted on, you've got a job, you are, you have an apartment, you have a bank account, then in that case, you would be, uh, the arbitrator would say, well, you know, we're going to let you go on your own recognizance. You're an upstanding citizen, Mark. We know where you are. We know how to find you. And we're expecting you, let's say it was a little more than something you had in your bank, let's say it was some serious damages, mm-hmm. um, then they would set out a payment plan for you. And they would say, okay, well, you're going to have to pay us this, you know, 100 bucks a week or $200, of whatever it is, X per, per month, and, uh, and then you can stay out of jail. But if you're a disreputable person, if you're a violent, dangerous individual who um, makes a habit out of doing things like this, then they would have more of a reason at that point to say, well, you know, we don't really trust you to... To, uh, to stay out in the real world, so we're going to have to put you into a work prison of some sort. And, of course, the work prison would then not be a one-size-fits-all prison. It would be, there would be different prisons, and they sort of have this today. But there would be you know, differing levels of security. And, of course, the crazier you are and the more dangerous you are, the more maximum security prison you'd have to be in, which, of course, the more maximum security, the higher the costs. So, therefore, you'd have to work a lot harder in order to pay for that prison that you were going into, whereas most people would be sort of, you know, not so dangerous guys. They could go to the low-level security prisons, which wouldn't cost them as much to go to, and therefore the victims would get more compensation. My, concern, my, my biggest concern with that particular system is that uh, the prisons would be profiting off the prisoners, so therefore wouldn't um, have the desire for them to get out. There could be non-profit well, you prisons. Know, it's funny you should bring that up, Mark, because I was going to say, those who are skeptics on the flip side, let's consider the possibility that there's a private community where the majority of people or even a, a very strong minority of the people are there and they start to use the justice system to prey upon other people to say we're going to exact something from you and which those they're currently say, doing yeah yeah which they do now and 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 we have to remember that what we're talking about is systems that work better not not 100 percent perfect, perfect right. but better than what we have now under the political glad handling systems that we have today and you know the constitutions that are supposed to apply to everyone even though we didn't sign them and the laws that are supposed to apply to us just because we live in the vicinity what you get is people would move away from those areas to say, I don't want to live in this area anymore. And you would get fewer and yep. fewer people associating with those disreputable people who are trying to use the justice system to their advantage. Right. Then if everyone leaves, who are they going to victimize exactly. at that point? 800-259-9231. Still a fascinating thought experiment. would love to hear your thoughts on a world without government so-called justice. I think with a, without the government, we'd actually have real justice for the first time. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by, for instance, buying some things from our Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. We are in a pre-order phase of a lot of our uh, we've got brand new items, and that includes the Free Talk Live multi-gadget, two gigabytes, it's an MP3 player, it's a flash drive, it's a voice recorder, it's an FM tuner, all rolled into one, and it's less than 60 bucks. There's that, there's all the Free Talk Live gear and clothing and that sort of thing. Uh, We've got the brand new Free Talk Live beanie cap, the Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt, two different styles of hoodies, a pullover and a zippered style, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. Get it all at Free Talk Live 
com actually store.freetalklive.com oh by the way the uh, the free talk live lighter bottle opener combo you can actually detach the lighter from that and it's kind of on this retractable little pole string, lanyard deal. this lanyard mm-hmm. so you could really hook on there whatever you wanted to so it's really more like a free talk live lanyard pole string with a free lighter bottle opener combo on it so it's multi-purpose. It's we did bad. get this, we got to inspect it on uh, is it Friday? Yeah, yeah. We went up with Johnson down in Connecticut on right. It was New uh, York City. It was a lot of fun. We had uh, a meal with Johnson. It was nice, and he showed us uh, some of the gizmos and, and showed great. us the middle of nowhere in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got lost. My favorite part was that stop sign where there was no cross street. It was just yeah, that was bizarro. It, and it wasn't like <laughs> well, I came to a full complete stop. Stay like, roads, rock man. back. Just to make sure I looked both ways. I wasn't <laughs> sure which way to look because there was trees on either side. Right. That was the that was and the funny thing. Because there were trees on both sides, so it wasn't like down in Florida where we came from in Sarasota, there's one particular uh, road where there's a stoplight for a golf cart trail. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And I thought, right. this is a little extreme, but, you know, there was a golf course right across the street, and so, right. you know, you, to could, get across. you could at least sort of understand it. Right. In this particular case, there was no reason whatsoever. It's not like there was even a little animal trail or anything like that. There was, there was nothing. It was a rather <laughs> steep hill. And um, that was coming up to a curve, and my guess was is that uh, somebody might be coming around the curve at high speed if there wasn't a stop sign there, um, and then uh, you know cross over into a lane because they were in a curve. Yeah, and then you'd catch them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's go to the phones. It is Brandon in uh, let's see Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Hey Brandon, what's on your mind? Hi, Brandon. Oh, hey. Um, I just wanted to say it's good to have you guys back. Okay. But, um, yeah. Gar- Gardner and Julia sucked, huh? <laughs> what's that? No. Gardner and Julia sucked, huh? <laughs> Oh, God, no, I thought they were great. Yeah, uh, they, they, really enjoyed, uh, they did, they did a fantastic uh, job. He, he Just more evidence. Our listeners are nothing but ingrates. Oh, stop it, Mark. <laughs> it's more evidence that Free Talk Live doesn't need Ian or Mark. So there you go. No, of course it does. You guys built it. I've been listening to you guys since... It's hard to kiss two butts at once, isn't right, it, Brandon? What's your point, Brandon? I'm sorry. Anyways, um, <laughs> well, while you guys were talking about um, the rule of law earlier, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to say that rule of law is on the side of liberty. Neoconservatives have it completely misinterpreted. They view it as some arbitration from government where whatever government says must be obeyed and for example with the immigration um, issue they say we have to follow the rule of law we must punish and deport illegals and not give them amnesty and and to, uh, the rule of law actually means the government needs to follow written law mm. oh, the constitution the government can only do go. what is written right and Rand put this really well when she said government does what is written um, government can only do what is explicitly written, and people can do, only, or and people can do whatever is not written. That is, um, the, we give permission to the government to do things. The government doesn't give permission to us to do things like licensing and what. This is true. Um, however, and, the government doesn't follow its own laws. No, it absolutely doesn't, and uh, it breaks the rule of law all the time. But um, when neoconservatives, uh, such as Sean Hannity, I hear him talking about oh. the rule of law. All we have to follow the law, we have to enforce this and enforce that, and all these draconian measures. I mean, you don't even understand the rule of law, Sean. Yeah, and you know what? He certainly doesn't understand the Constitution. It's when inc- there's no declaration of war needed. It, it's incredible. I don't know if uh, you heard me mention it on Saturday night, but I got in a debate with that guy, Hannity, very quickly, and then he hung up the phone, of course. You know, I, I, I think I did hear you talk to Hannity oh, one yeah. time. Yeah, I, I was on there with Hannity, and because he was talking about the hypocrisy of the Democrats, saying that uh, many of them voted to give the president authority to go to war, and yet they don't want to complete the task, and they want to uh, 
uh, defund the war. And I said, well, you know, I understand you're bringing up this point. You know, some people might have changed their minds. I think that's valid. But, yeah, let's say there is some hypocrisy on that point, Sean. I said, but uh, there's, there's an overriding thing that we, uh, upon which we disagree, and it may seem insignificant, but I think it's very significant. I want to mention it to you. We're not at war. And he said, yeah. what are you talking about? And I said, we haven't declared war. And then this guy, who's supposedly a conservative, and all these people who are conservatives tell us that they want to be strict constructionists, says, well, that depends on what a declaration of war is supposed to be. I'm like, what, are you t- what is the definition so, of is, anyway? Oh, yeah. I was like, Bill Clinton could have written it for you, pinhead. I couldn't believe it, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, and he, whenever somebody calls him on that, yeah. um, he just goes off on this neocon rant. Yeah, yeah. And any type of apologizing for the president, if you want to hear somebody apologize for George Bush, it's Sean Hannity. Sean oh, Hannity's yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It's intellectually embarrassing to listen to the guy talk. <laughs> why do you listen? Uh, to Sean? Yeah. Why do I listen? Oh, I, sometimes I just like to get mad at the radio. Gotcha. Hey, and you know, <laughs> you know, there's something else that I should bring up. Everybody's talking about this rule of law thing, and just like you brought up, uh, the rule of law, and we can get into the deeper philosophical questions about the rule of law based on, on natural rights and things mm-hmm. like that, and, and whether those protective laws are just or not just and things yeah. like that. But um, And that's a very great conversation. But talking about these conservatives who talk about the rule of law, again, on the Constitution, the point I brought up before about immigration, is is that it is not something that pertains, it is not something specifically enumerated to the federal government to be able to control immigration. It's only naturalization. Absolutely. And if you yeah, if you look at Article One, uh, Clause Nine in the state in the uh, federal constitution, it gives them the power to control immigration, to control migration for the original states, for those states that exist at the time. It's a very interesting clause, and I think, Mark, I think we might have brought it up one time here on the show. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. Um, You can actually get the text of the U.S. Constitution, and even if people think that there is a provision inside the U.S. Constitution that gives the Congress the power to control immigration, it only pertains to the original 13 states that existed at the time. And I'll give you a great example. Here is what... Uh, Thomas Jefferson said in 1798 regarding the Alien and Sedition Act, he said, Resolved that alien friends are under the jurisdiction and protection of the laws of the state wherein they are, that no power over them has been delegated to the United States, no prohibited to the individual states, distinct from their power over citizens. And it being true, as a general principle, he says, and one of the amendments to the Constitution having also declared that the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution are reserved to the states respectively or to the people, the act of the Congress Congress of the United States passed the 22nd day of June 1798 entitled An Act Concerning Aliens, which assumes power over alien friends not delegated by the Constitution, is not law, but is altogether void and of no force. And you know, that is an excellent illustration of the nature of the United States. Yeah. We are not actually a nation. We're a voluntary allegiance, a, a voluntary alliance of sovereign states. Well, at least prior to the Civil War. Uh, Well, prior to the Civil War, yeah, but simply because somebody waged war doesn't mean uh, the nature of the states has philosophically changed. Good point. Yes, in theory, that is still the way it should be, and so in theory, Vermont or New Hampshire or any other state who actually wants to secede should be able to. Uh, Yeah, they have the... uh, 
the historical and uh, philosophical um, high ground on that. Right. There should be it should be demo- supply and demand for the states too. You know, yeah. if uh, the United States government is supplying something the states want, then they'll then they'll stay in. And if they're supplying uh, something the states don't yeah. want, they should be able to leave. That's a great yeah, way no kidding. That. I mean, why would we want to bind? Um, if, if two people, for example, don't get along. Why should they be forced to stay together and just be mad all the time? Yeah. Wouldn't we want them to leave each other in peace? You would think so. Right. You know, and in between Vermont and New Hampshire, there's a town that wants to move from Vermont to New Hampshire. I can't remember what that was. Killington. Is. Killington wants to move from Vermont to New Hampshire. I don't see any reason why the town shouldn't be able to vote to move, too. And as far as I'm concerned, well, you know, uh, the property are, owners... Are they uh, talking about changing state borders? Yes. Okay. That, see, I... I, I am not exactly familiar with that or how um, that would be handled. Well, the town isn't actually on the border. It's sort of in the middle of Vermont, and so therefore <laughs> they'd have to sort of have like a little like island, Berlin. like yeah, like a little island of New Hampshire, yeah. basically in the yeah, in the middle exactly of the state. What it'd be. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I am I'm looking forward to it because I think that there is going to be some real progress in the in the world of secession. People are starting to talk about the Vermont secessionist movement, and uh, we were meeting up with some of the activists here in New Hampshire over the weekend. And I said to him, you know, we really need to get on the ball here in New Hampshire. We need to give some uh, some competition to these guys in Vermont because, you know, competition raises everybody up. And so if we really get into it and, you know, New Hampshire and Vermont are competing to see who can secede first, maybe one of us will get to it faster than otherwise. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And, you know, when I'm a teacher, I'm definitely going to give a, uh, a fair uh, approach to uh, the idea of secession. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not gonna I don't know. Do people even talk about secession? I don't think even people oh. talk about secession these days, and I think that's tragic. I think it's a it's an excellent concept. And Brandon, thank you for the call. Hey, no problem. It's a it's a legitimate concept and one that deserves serious consideration and serious discussion. 800-259-9231 is the toll free number. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number three is on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls here in hour number three. It's Neil in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Neil. Uh, Hey, gentlemen. How's it going? Super. What's on your mind? Yes, um, I just wanted to talk about uh, uh, about your uh, about the private uh, uh, justice system and throw throw a hypothetical situation your way because sure. I think that in an actual uh, actual free market there would there would probably I mean you guys you guys uh, touched on this but uh, the the idea of there being a lot less prisons and things like that I, I'm 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 advocating that there probably will be just about no prisons at all. Uh, because of just uh, just because of how liberty works at large, uh, the 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 hypothetical situation that I have in, have have in mind to give you an idea of what I'm talking about here is that um, let's say for example I have a I, I have a garden in my front yard I, I turn my front yard into a garden you know and I have all kinds of fruits and vegetables and stuff growing in my front yard sure. okay. and and say say Mark you know drunker than holy heck he comes. Uh, plowing through with his truck and starts doing 360s in my front yard. Don't act like um, it's never happened. 
<laughs> I, okay, not just you know, just an example. <laughs> but anyway, you, you know, uh, you know, the the private protection comes out, you know, takes care of business. Uh, we go to goes to court, all that stuff, and uh, you know, he's obviously found found guilty. The mm-hmm. the 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 problem uh, is that uh, you know, it, 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 he's not going to just be able to to you know sign off uh, 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 you know a certain cash amount unless it's going to be friggin' huge uh, because. The thing of it is, is that he hasn't just—he hasn't just like you know destroyed my property, but he's also destroyed my labor. He's also destroyed—you right. uh, uh, know—he's all—he's destroyed all the time and effort that I put into you know making that garden grow. That's worth right. a significant amount, yeah. absolutely. Yes, it's it's worth a, it's worth a lot more than say a couple hundred dollars, for example, um, you know, or the or the product of that labor, or you know, the the actual fruits and vegetables themselves. There's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, what I'm seeing is that there would probably be more of a, of he would have to come by and he would, uh, you know, actually plant my garden, put it all back into place. That's but a using possibility. his labor instead of mine. Well, now and that's if, a possibility, but what if he doesn't have a green thumb, you know? What if he's not very experienced at that? Would it well, make more sense to, for instance, have a, a home insurance policy in well, that if, or, or a criminal insurance policy in that if some sort of crime is enacted upon your property, that way, um, you know, you wouldn't have to uh, worry about whether or not the, the actual criminal could perform those acts. Your insurance fine. company would just come in here and say, oh, okay, well, okay, this was this amount of damage. All right, we're going to call up Joe's landscaping. He's going to come out, and tomorrow, you know, he'll make everything better for you. And then that way the insurance company would cover it. The insurance company would then seek justice from Mark in that case. It wouldn't be right. you. The insurer would do it in your place. Uh-huh. Well, that, well, I mean, that's understandable. But I'm just saying – I'm saying that I think it would be, it would be better off uh, – you, you would have the criminal not only having to pay for his, for his wrongdoing uh, and, and, and – but he would actually be learning a trade at the same time, and I think it yeah. would actually be economically more viable for that uh, for the individual who uh, who uh, you know owned the property to begin with. Not only that, but I mean, I would be more than happy to teach the guy how to make a garden uh, and, and make sure that he plants it properly. I'm and not sure say, I, how I would feel about having to deal with somebody who maliciously came and ran over my garden. Uh, right. But I think I think your plan is fairer and is the right thing to do i'm not sure if it would be uh, uh it would be plausible in every circumstance well i mean it, you know you you would have you would have private law enforcement who well, would hunt you down and make you pay for your actions well, uh you it, know i mean you could just have you could have a security guard standing there with say a tranquilizer gun and a and a uh, and a taser you know and if, get if planting, he doesn't boy. get to work well you know the greatest, the greatest thing I mean, of, about your idea is that it's one idea of many that yes. could be tried and used in experimentation and you know yes. and, and i i i don't want to uh, just sing the praises of the founders all the time cuz i think they didn't go far enough in in many cases but those guys are pretty bright and and they understood okay let's have these small areas of experimentation where people can try different types of things. At least it's it's not a market system, but it's under a sort of similar paradigm, at least allowing for people to escape and go to different areas. So I love that idea of having markets. Uh, that's my primary concept. And my fallback thing would say would be to say, okay, well, at least if we're going to have government, if, we, if we're going to be stuck with it, then I'd like to pare it back as much as possible and then let the towns experiment with yeah, these It's a things. totally valid idea, and I agree. There are certainly some situations in which it would be completely appropriate and and I like the idea of okay well you went in there you did all the damage now you get to do all the work that it'll take to restructure it so I think that you know that's certainly an idea that uh, market arbitrators would consider and maybe the market would be demanding those sorts of uh, restitutions so I, I certainly would yeah. I think it's a great idea yeah. anything yeah. else 
Uh, yeah, I just uh, just wanted to stick the point that, you know, if some people out there who, who are thinking, oh, well, this is some kind of slavery, the man forfeited his rights by, by, uh, by uh, destroying uh, my property rights, yep, by right. destroying my rights to the property. The so. 13th Amendment is pretty clear as to what slavery, slavery is, and you can't be forced to do any work unless you've committed a crime, right. in which case you can be. So, therefore, it's not slavery. If you harm somebody else and you take away value from them, and a great call, by the way, and thank you for it, Neil. If you harm somebody else and you take away value from them, whether that value be their garden, whether that value be a broken window, whether that value be a loved one who's been somehow harmed or even literally removed from the earth, um, then then it's completely okay for you to be coerced into re- into paying restitution and making that person whole again, plus a per- certain percentage for all their lost time and, and uh, value and all of that. Uh, but once that value has been restituted, once it has been paid back in full, anything beyond that then becomes slavery. Once, you know, it, and it, not that that would happen, but that's at that point when the value is even again, it's over. And the person should be that, released from obligation. And besides that, even in this case, the definition of coercion would not be ap- applicable because, or pl- applicable because you would be working within a system where people had already agreed to these types of penalties. So the coercive nature of it would be based on their prior consent. Well, they, so, they, they'd be forced to exactly. um, you know, do what they said they were going to do. Um, just real quick, the 13th Amendment, neither, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted. So therefore, the Constitution, it's legal to have slavery when somebody's been convicted of crime. Technical question on the uh, the 13th Amendment. Do you think that we've got certain politicians out there that are advocating for the return of the draft? Though they're not calling it that. They're calling Mm -hmm. it national service, where each um, American young person, men and women now, they want everybody involved, uh, will be forced to serve, so-called serve, uh, two years under the you know government system, whether it be in the military or working for the Peace Corps or whatever the bureau, uh, bureaucrat job would be, that essentially would be bringing slavery into sort of an institutional form in, in that everyone is going to be forced to uh, so-called serve. Would they have to repeal the 13th Amendment in order to do that without... Uh, no. Please, they, they do all kinds of things that are contrary to the Constitution. Did they repeal the Second Amendment in order to put an assault weapons ban in place? Oh, and that reminds me. Uh, you're talking about the uh, the uh, Second Amendment. Just yesterday, I saw that the NRA reached an agreement with the Democrats in Washington over the background checks. Now, here's the NRA, which has run into some flack from some people who are Second Amendment purists trying to make a deal because in the 1994 background check law, there were all sorts of people who were having their backgrounds put on file and tagged as dangerous who didn't want their names there, and they shouldn't have had their names there, and they were going to be delayed in being Mm. able to get their firearms. And, you know, if you're a woman in particular, you don't want to be delayed if you want to get a firearm. So the NRA may cut a deal to say, okay, well, you know, if you will remove these people from the federal registers, then we will try to work with you and the Democrats to get states to try to get more people with psychiatric problems put on this registry and checked out more thoroughly. Uh, you can check it out. I, I've, I've found it. It's a, You can Google the, the information or go to the NRA website. They'll probably have that information. But I'm saying to myself, I'm a purist. If I have not been convicted of any sort of crime, 
I should not have my Second Amendment rights infringed. Right, and who's the NRA to uh, bargain away your rights? Yeah. Well, they're a political organization. That's what they do is politics. I'm not happy Yeah, but they're about not. It. They don't represent me. I didn't right. elect the president of the NRA, whoever that may be, Charlton Heston, who's their, uh, you know, their, their Hollywood uh, spokesperson. If he's Heck, still I, didn't alive, even, I, don't know. I didn't even elect the representative, so-called. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free cycle CAI line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. On the way, since we're talking about justice, I've got a perfect example of a case that would never have even appeared in the world of private justice. Never have even appealed, uh, appeared. His name is Gennarlo Wilson. You may remember his case. We've got an update for you. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. That includes updates. You just get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list, and you can get on it for free by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Would it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach on how to keep from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. That's NeverGetBusted.com. Now, got an update on a story that we talked about, I guess it was maybe a couple years ago at this point. His name was Gennarlo Wilson, and when he was put in jail, he was just a young man. As you might recall, the reason he was put in jail was because, well... He had a bit of a sexual fling with a lady who was a little bit younger than he was. I remember this story. Gennaro was 17. The girl was uh, 15. 15. She fellated him, and Mm -hmm. uh, that therefore um, he got some inordinate amount of time in prison. Ten years? Ten years. years. I remember that story. So there's a little bit of good news in this case, and that is that a judge, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, has ordered that Gennaro Wilson be freed from prison, where he spent more than two years so far for receiving... Here's the most important point. Consensual, Consensual oral sex from a 15-year-old girl when he was 17. Now, as I mentioned before, this is a perfect example of a case that would never have hit the courts in a private arbitration world. There's no victim. If there's no victim, then there's no crime. Okay, Because in this case, the state brought charges. This girl didn't bring charges against Gennaro. He did not force himself upon her. The state got wind of it from whatever I think it was she told her mom or and somehow, somehow word got to the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And they brought this guy up on charges. Monroe County Superior Court Judge Thomas Wilson also amended his felony conviction down to a misdemeanor without the requirement that he register as a sex offender. So that's even better news well, for him. Good so for that judge. Now he's not going to have this over his head as a sex offender status yeah, for the rest of his yeah. life. Wilson's lawyer, B.J. Bernstein, appealed to the judge to free him from prison, uh, arguing that his 10-year prison sentence and inclusion on the sex offender registry is grossly disproportionate and violates the Constitution. Bernstein also pointed to how the legislature changed the law last year to make similar actions a misdemeanor punishable by a maximum of one year in prison. So they had actually gone through... And he's already been in prison two years. Correct. Um, So they changed the law because of this case. Because this case was so so tragic, uh, the the legislature... But he's still in jail. Hmm? He's still in jail. Well, he's been ordered freed as of like a a day or so ago. Uh, Judge Wilson agreed the 10-year prison sentence would, quote, be viewed by society as cruel and unusual in the constitutional sense of disproportionality. The fact that Gennaro Wilson has spent two years in prison for what's now classified as a misdemeanor 
and will spend eight more years in prison is a grave miscarriage of justice. You know, if- I wonder how bitter Gennarlo is. I wonder how much he's learned about being a, a criminal for a living. Because I mean, these are some formative years. A young man normally goes, at 17, goes out, gets a job, starts working. Who right. knows whether he had a job before There's that. a bright future ahead of him, and instead... Right, and now he's a convicted felon. Um, he's a sex offender. Even if um, he gets his time reduced, he's still a sex offender. Needs to be on the sexual sex offender. No, he's, reg- he's been a, he's been taken off of that. Okay, he is no longer going to be on the sex offender list. Well, it's it's going to be uh, difficult um, still to so you know, he, he got society. lucky, but all the other guys that have spent time in prison for consensual sex, they didn't get so lucky. That's true. So this yeah. is just good news for Gennaro. As, as you say, Ian, if you were in a private community, if you had a private justice system, that very rarely, if ever, would happen. Now, hypothetically, you could say that there might be a private community of, uh, let's say, very fundamentalist Christians that had certain rules, and that opens up an interesting avenue of intellectual exploration to say what is or is not appropriate regarding how the children could be treated there if the adults who form that community had uh, some sort of rules, at what point can the children opt out of that community and not want the laws to apply to them? Yeah, that's when a great, can they leave? That's a great point, because that is really the issue with private communities, exactly. right? Exactly. Because we've talked, about, um, we've talked about Ave Maria, which is this Catholic town that's being built in Florida. Yeah, yeah. It's to the east of the Naples area, yeah. and it's a completely private town being funded by the guy who owns Domino's Pizza, who is mm. apparently a very devout Catholic. Mm. And he's going to be able to set the rules. He's going to be able to tell the businesses, you know, you can't sell condoms in my town. He's going to be able to make those uh, those rules up according to his whims uh, or whatever the Catholic doctrine is. And so then the question becomes, okay, well, yes, the families that are moving into Ave Maria are obviously overtly consenting to whatever the rule set is, saying, okay, well, you know, we won't have uh, our kids won't have sex until they're 18, and there's no drinking, and, <laughs> and so, all the laws in the world will change that. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my question, of course, would be then, well, what about a child who's born into that situation, right, right. and then they get up to be 15, 16, 17, inevitably kids are going to do what they're going to do, and you know, kids, they get together and they break the rules. They're, they're going to have uh, parties and they're going to flaunt the rules of the community. So, you know, in which, how appropriate is it if this were in a private community for, you know, if one 15-year-old were to get together with a 17-year-old and do what these two did in this case, what sort of punishments would be appropriate and... and um, I don't know. It's very, very funny and, to, and to there's think another, about that. And there's another avenue to open into it, and I don't know whether or not it's too distracting to do so at this time, but intellectually you also uh, have to wonder, what if there were two communities near each other, and one community was a pro-choice community, and the other community was a pro-life community, and the people in the pro-life community felt it incumbent on them, they were compelled to save lives, and they decided we've got to save the lives of the unborn in the pro-choice community. Now, that is a hypothetical that could be presented by someone who argues against private communities. However, as we were discussing before, we're talking about gradients on a scale, a dynamic scale, where uh, this private community situation is better than government. It gives you more options. Right. It allows and I was just thinking, freedom. as you oh, were... Hold on. I, I, let, me, let me interject, if I may. Um, there's two communities down in Florida that uh, sit right next to each other. Um, there's the, the opulent, uh, culturally rich uh, community of Sarasota, and there's their dirty, unwashed uh, sister, uh, Bradenton, just to the north. Yeah. Now, in Sarasota, the city, it is against the law to discriminate against um, anyone due to sexual orientation, um, their, where they are in their sex change 
exchange operation, the whole gamut. I mean, yeah. you know, you can walk around as a, a Chiquita banana in, in downtown Sarasota, <laughs> and they, they, no employer can, uh, um, you know, say anything about it. They, they might not hire you for whatever reason, but they're not supposed to say anything about yeah. you know, your uh, gayness. Yeah. Well, um, Bradenton, which is a much, 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 you can just go across the county line and see the abortion stickers on the cars. Um, it's, a, it's a much more religious sort of, um, you know, conservative community and there has never been anything like an armed standoff at the uh, at the county line for the uh, you know the Bradentonians wishing to take down the uh, sodomites uh, just to their south it seems really unlikely to me i mean here's a there's a big stretch there's a big chasm it'd be much more likely that ostracism would be would be the answer yeah, and, and there's that's a bit of that exactly. going on exactly. and in fact that's where i wanted to go with this was i was thinking well what would the punishment be in a private community for some for two kids that were engaging in sexual things that were prohibited in that private community. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell that it would be jail time, right? No. I mean, it, there's no way that these parents would want their kids to be put in a jail cell as a result of breaking these religious laws. They would just want some sort of other form of punishment. There'd be something much less innocuous than hard time. I'm for not a, sure I entirely agree with that. Um, you know, I mean, there is the sanctity of the uh, female uh, genitalia that has been, um, you know, sullied here and somebody needs to pay i think that that could very well be the case and i'd like to hear from you if you think Gennaro wilson should still be in jail if you're someone who thinks this man should spend all 10 of those years in prison i really want to hear from you at 800-259-9231 you can take control of the airwaves like raymond's going to this is your show it is free talk live with your help we can spread the message of liberty around the world consider becoming a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com if you can't afford it keep enjoying us for free If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The wiki's there. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Over 1,350 pages created by you guys. We've not even touched it. It's all been you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive with that. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. That's coming up. At Porkfest, you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, and hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Just a little bit more information about the Gennaro Wilson case, in case... Uh, you're just tuning in. He is a young man, probably about, I think he's now 21. Uh, he was put in jail two years ago for engaging in consensual a consensual sexual act with a uh, 15-year-old girl at the time. He was 17. She was 15. They were at a party, and uh, you know there were even people around when this happened. It was very clearly hmm. not a coerced act. It was not rape or anything like that. Funny, that's never happened to me at a party with people around. <laughs> Anyway, I'm doing something wrong. So um, at this point, a judge has overturned his conviction, ordered him freed, and he's now only he's not going to be spending 10 years in prison, which was um, his original sentence. He's uh, supposed to be getting out. Unfortunately, the attorney general has filed a notice to appeal the judge's order saying that Wilson, quote, has, and that's the judge, has absolutely no authority to change the judgment of the trial court, in this case, the Superior Court of Douglas County. So the 
conflict will continue to go on here, and uh, we'll continue to bring the latest on the story as we get it. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up anything. Let's talk to, it is Raymond in Texas. Raymond, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind? Well, yeah, I have a couple of things on my mind, actually. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, just the other day when I was flipping the tube, I saw Paris Hilton on the news, lo and behold. Uh, not a surprise there. Sure. Uh, but anyway, um, as she was going to jail, I heard something very interesting from her that they quoted her as saying, and they quoted her as saying, instead of concentrating on me, these are her words, instead of concentrating on me, we should be concentrating on the war in Iraq which is a very interesting thing because if you if you look around the media and everything else i mean they really i mean it's not news that they don't they don't show what's important because yeah they, what they what an unusually insightful comment from ms hilton well people often oh, oh, say oh, that yeah. when they're in trouble with the laws i'm not doing anything you should be dealing with people that are committing real crimes which you know it, it certainly rings true in a lot of cases uh, and I was, I was laughing my butt off. I was like, finally, somebody comes out and says it. And uh, here's another quick story. I found, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but I found out that uh, there's a terror suspect, I think, I forgot his name, Al Wahiri or something like that, who's being held without being charged as a terrorist. Yes, and Al Wahiri, we actually started the show talking about him. What did you have to say about him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just happy with the Supreme Court uh, and their decision trying to see two of these released because um, they're trying to basically keep the Bush administration in check because yeah. in our government we have checks and balances and all that to make sure that Nazi Germany doesn't happen. <laughs> well, one thing to keep in mind was that that wasn't the Supreme Court yet. Yes. It was the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. And it was only a panel on that court. Right. It wasn't it was even a, the full court. It was court. a panel ruling, a two-to-one ruling on the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. But they did make some excellent points about this man and the fact that he should be given a habeas corpus hearing. And I'm so glad that you're on top of this thing. I hope you'll tell as many people as you can as possible that the Fourth Amendment, the habeas, uh, the habeas corpus uh, protections uh, of the United States Constitution are very important and if you get an opportunity, just remember that it shouldn't matter whether you're an American citizen or not. And you don't even have to talk about rights. It's just the functioning of the judicial system is such that you're supposed to be afforded habeas corpus unless you're a prisoner of war, and then you're put under trial under war crimes. If you're not, then you should be tried under U.S. criminal code. It's pretty simple. It really is. Raymond, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. We're I got breaking our- news on Paris Hilton. Breaking news. You think I'm kidding. Do I care? Well, do you care that uh, a disgruntled inmate may have stabbed the heiress Fake four story, times? Mark. Come Fake on. story. It looks good. I haven't had a chance to uh, read it, but I don't see an AP thing here. It says CNN.com. Yeah, but it's not from CNN.com. Look at the title bar. Oh, I'm a jerk. Man, it was great. <laughs> I saw that earlier. And I was I thought, so excited. I wanted this to be real. <laughs> That's not very nice. I mean, she may be a di- uh, you know. No, I don't want her stabbed. I just want the uh, the big story. Oh, I see. <laughs> Let's continue with the calls. It's a good it's, picture of her, though. Yeah, she's crying in the back of a police car. Bill in Virginia on the amplifier line. Hey, Bill. Hey, how's everything going tonight, guys? Super. Good. What's up? Excellent. Uh, I was just up in uh, the communist country of New Jersey a couple of weeks ago yeah. visiting some of my friends because they insist on still living there. I hope you weren't speeding because only the governor of New Jersey can speed. Yeah, well, well you know, I, I talked to some uh, police down here because, unfortunately, I work in a cop shop about that. And, you know, I, I had some, some you know things to say about that, but we'll get to that later. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, 
he did not bow to his masters and uh, beg for permission for one of his guests to park on the street. Who's that? Out Who? in front of his house. The, the friend you were visiting. That I was staying over his house. What, uh, what city in New Jersey? No, uh, this is Maplewood. Is that a, like a nice, semi-nice area of New Jersey? Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a little suburban kind of thing. It's you not know. Newark. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh, and so, uh, apparently I had gotten a, a parking ticket overnight because, you know, that's when they ticket you for parking there. Mm-hmm. Um, cause of, you know, the high traffic. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, uh, I, I guess he stole the parking ticket off, off my, you know, window because he was going to pay it for me. Right. And then I guess he lost it and put it in the wash or whatever. And, and so he's like, oh, you know, you're going to be angry because I lost this ticket. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I, I signed absolutely no kind of contract with anybody from Maplewood or the parking department or the Department of Transportation or anything like that. They don't and care. If, yeah. And if they're truly public roads, that meant that they were built for we the people to use. And, right? you know, and by, not, with the money of we the people. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that I didn't receive any legal notice of any such you know, violation. Oh, yeah. I'm under no legal obligation to, to, to pay these, you know, mafia thugs extortion money. Well, That's they don't exactly care. what it is. It's protection money. No, you absolutely. Know? They yeah. understand that you're, no under, you're not under obligation, but they also know that they've got guns, Bill. You know, if the Sopranos... No, they they're in New Jersey. <laughs> no, the, oh, the thugs have guns in New Jersey. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the, the police officers... The legal uh, thugs, yeah, right? Yeah, it's true, but most of them don't know how to use them. Well, you know, I was going to say, if the Sopranos had done something like that and threatened you and said, okay, you better pay up or we're going to, you know, extract it from you, you'd see that very clearly, visibly as a crime. Mm -hmm. But if a bunch of people who are elected by maybe 51% of the people who live in the area who happen to vote... Uh, if they say, well, we're going to set these standards and that's going to be the law for this period of time, well, that's acceptable. I, I just uh, am flabbergasted. And then if you look at the inefficiency of the way that they run those streets, the way that they handle those streets, it's 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 endemic. It's yeah, it's everywhere. Which and, every- I, and that's where I was going to go with this. I was going to say this is yet another argument to get the, the, the government out of the world of the roads. Yeah. If this were a private neighborhood, then indeed your uh, the person who you were visiting would have indeed signed some sort of deed restrictions that would um, indicate what sort of vehicles were allowed on mm. his property or in the roadway at what times of night and that sort of thing. I mean, I know. I, went to a, I was in a private neighborhood once where there was a silly rule about how you couldn't have a truck outside visible in your yard slash driveway after 11 o'clock at night. And right. sure enough, I was getting to leave right at around 11 o'clock, maybe just a couple minutes after 11, and there was the security guy writing me up for hey, it. Hey, you know what? Uh, well, while you're on the air, we ought to mention something. You know, zoning requirements are often seen as the people say, well, you know, zoning is sort of like that. No. It's like, no, zoning is about as far away from that as you could possibly get. Because what you have with zoning is you get people who are elected who have hidden a Agendas. For example, people who are surveyors or people who own land in certain areas, mm-hmm. and they get on the town zoning board, and what happens? They All of a sudden, you find things that are zoned a certain way, and okay, they won't they, be changed. They completely pervert the system for their own gain. So, right. Bill, are you going to pay the ticket? Oh, absolutely not. I already told them I'm not going to pay the ticket. Well, hopefully, when you're on your way up to uh, New Hampshire this summer, because I know you're moving up here, hopefully they won't catch you on your way up the turnpike. Well, it's going to be me and a whole lot of other people, because I wanted to tell you about some people I've convinced to move up there. Ooh, that sounds tantalizing. Hang on, we'll bring you back for that one. 800-259-9231. The Christian Anarchist, Zach, and your calls all coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call, maybe, at 800-259-9231, but you better make it now. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features for free that we do ask that if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Over, I think, around 375 of our listeners have done this. It's as uh, little as 3 bucks a month. Now, remember, we give away all the features on our website. So compare that to all those other radio talk show host sites out there, and you'll find that they want to charge you five, six, seven bucks in advance. We do it all for free, and we're just asking you to send us a little bit of uh, cash if uh, if you don't mind, because we could do some really exciting things with that money. In fact, uh, it stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And when that money comes in, we turn it right back around into promoting the show. We buy, for instance, half-page ads in Talkers Magazine, which is the industry publication for the talk radio business. Uh, we just finished going to New York City to the Talkers New Media Seminar, which is sort of this shindig where all the big media muckety-mucks come hang out, and a lot of them get really drunk. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I didn't see anybody really drunk this time. Of well, course, I wasn't looking. Either. That's true. Uh, but, there, yeah, there, there have been some times when there have been people that way. But nonetheless, um, it's really important for us to go to these things because it helps us be seen by the important people, and then they know that we're still out here, and we're... You people know, are convinced that we're a radio talk show host. Right, we're, we're serious. There we are. It's the radio talk show host convention. We're not yeah. just an advertisement in a magazine, but we're real people, and we're really out here doing something important. So, um, your money makes that possible, and if you want to help us out, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum and chat room, and more. All the details. Amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue with Bill in Virginia, you're back on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Well, I was, I was really excited. We had a uh, customer who's been coming into the store, and you know I've been telling him about New Hampshire and the Free State Project, and uh, he came in the other day telling me that he was going to bring his fiance and both of their immediate families, and they were going to be in New Hampshire this past weekend looking for, I guess, property and jobs and all that other stuff because wow. they were planning on moving up there. So yeah. he's going to. It sounds like he's going to beat you to it. Uh, well, he, he got up there a little bit, you know, faster than I did, and I wish he, he would have gotten in contact with me so I could tell him about the Porcupine Festival, which oh, is yeah. obviously next week. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think their move is probably going to be a little bit later than mine. Uh, he's planning on moving, it sounds like, to the Concord area. And so that's going to be eight people who wow. are going to have signed on to this effort for freedom. And the best part is they are sort of the spearhead for their extended family so everybody all total, should this all come together, is going to be like 20 people. Wow. That's incredible. Right. And, you know, that's, what's, it's, that's what an important point to notice about the Free State Project is everybody that gets recruited into the Free State Project, this movement of 20,000 liberty lovers all moving to New Hampshire together. What's amazing about it, Bill, is that every time you get somebody new into the movement, that's somebody with, that has a whole new set of contacts, a whole new set of pot- potentially interested parties. Sure. They t- tell two friends, and they tell two yeah. friends, and so on. And so on and so on. Yeah, Bill, I have uh, a very d- strong urge to wash my hair now. Uh, but, Bill, you know, it's, d- real I, quick, I, I Bill, um, did you did you happen under- to have them um, talk? Did you have them sign up at the free state at freestateproject.org? I have not yet. Uh, I have to give him a call. He was very excited because I sent out like a dozen emails and put some things on the forum to you know have people get in contact with him, and he called me and thanked me because I guess you know a, a lot of people said that they were going to set them up and maybe bring them, you know, show them around and stuff. So I'm going to have to get in contact and, and follow up on that. Now, um, if, if you have him mention your name, 
um, then uh, you, you'll be eligible for a golden pork uh, pin. You'll be a golden hey, porcupine. Don't get fresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Congratulations on that, Bill. And uh, you're coming up to Pork Fest, right? Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. Great. Well, well then we'll look forward to seeing you yeah. then. And I'm moving in August, so Thanks, I'll be dude. back. Congratulations. Yep, see, hope you then. To see you. Thanks for the call. 1-800-259-9231. You know, it's it's really awesome, isn't it? I mean, this is really happening. There really are liberty-loving Americans still out there, and they've been so excited by the Free State Project that they're they're picking their lives up. They're selling their homes. They're moving away from, in many cases, a lot of friends and family. The the example that Bill gave, well, or that Bill gave, a whole family's moving together. In fact, we just um, we just went to a meeting of a bunch of New Hampshire movers this weekend, Mark, and uh, Lou was there, who's one of our listeners. He's the guy who put together the Gimme Liberty Bar in Second Life for Free Talk Live. He was there with one of his daughters. He's got five kids in his family, plus a wife. They're all going to be moving up here eventually. I mean, it's just incredible what's, yeah. what's happening. Yeah, it's amazing, and they do have an effect. Uh, you know, there are things that have been stopped and things that have been aided in our government because of what the free staters have done. You know, also, I think it's really cool that families are coming up here with kids as well, because, well, not only will the kids inevitably uh, inevitably become great liberty activists, but they can be good activists right now. You know, if you go out and you do an event with civil disobedience and there's a young person there, somebody who's under the age of 18, and in the case of some of the people that hang out in this area, there's this one little boy, seven years old. William. He'll come out and he'll hold signs with mm-hmm. the best of them. And, uh, you know, are the cops going to put cuffs on him? How's Probably that going to look? <laughs> so, let's continue with the calls. Uh, let's go to the Christian Anarchist. It's Gene in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk oh, Live. hello there. Hey there. Hey, uh, you ever heard of 1984, George Orwell? Of course. Pretty familiar with it, yep. Had something there called Newspeak. Yes. News but Newspeak, which... The, the Ministry of Truth would uh, tell a bunch of lies. Ministry of Truth. So you would have, in order to understand what was being said, you would have to have your current Newspeak dictionary so that you knew what things were saying. Right. Okay. You, know, you knew what the news was saying, and, you know, peace would become war, and war would become peace, and all these different things, because they would just twist the words around so that they could make things sound better. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've noticed a trend on the news that I, it really just irks me where they're now calling, well, they have been for about a year or so, calling suicide bombers homicide bombers hmm. because they don't want to, they don't want to uh, glorify the person who's killing people by blowing themselves up. But the term absolutely makes no sense at all unless you would figure a non-homicide bomber would be somebody that blows up trees or something. <laughs> but anybody who blows somebody else up and they die is a homicide bomber. You've committed homicide with a bomb. So the, th- the distinguishing feature of these guys is that they blow themselves up with their enemies. Right. Although, although perhaps, perhaps if you were only to use, even though we have become f- familiar in the lexicon with the colloquialism suicide bomber, uh, if you were to take that strictly, uh, a bomber that is a suicide bomber would be a person who, I would assume, would be only bombing himself, killing himself. Well, certainly he could only bomb himself if a, if a guy went out, you know, like the uh, protesters that used to uh, light themselves on fire and, uh, during the Vietnam War. And right, stuff. the Buddhist monks and stuff. Yeah, so certainly a guy could strap on bombs and go stand in the middle of a park and go boom, and he would be a suicide bomber. But, of course, when they say a suicide bomber killed 14 people, then you realize that he killed himself and 14 other people. Right. But to say a homicide bomber killed 14 people means nothing. 
Yeah, it sounds kind of silly, too. I don't understand why they're changing that. And sometimes you have to wonder, uh, with the, the terminology that the news broadcasters use, how much of it is really just sort of calculated and how much of it is I don't know accidental and just sort of catches on I mean what about for instance one of my pet peeves is where they call the um, they call Independence Day the 4th of July it's all over the place and watch as we get closer you'll see very very few people actually call it Independence Day was that calculated at some point did someone at a, some upper echelon in the news decide to make that change or did it have more to do with the you know government education system just continually calling it the 4th of July so everyone's just sort of been indoctrinated that way. Well, I think that they, you know, they're, it's part of the education system. They're educating people with these new terms, but uh, as far as the homicide bomber thing, I know where that came from. That came from Fox News. It was uh, one of the big guys, I think it was O'Reilly or one of those guys on Fox, a year or so ago said, you know, I'm not going to glorify these guys by calling them suicide bombers. Mm-hmm. From now on, I'm calling them homicide bombers. And well, the other, it mostly Fox on. News started pushing homicide bomber, and now a couple other news uh, agencies are using the term homicide bomber no, like it's an actual term. Gene, thank you for the call. Short on time. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It's, uh, it is Zach in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live, Zach. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. You've you got go. about 30 seconds. What's on your mind? All right. Um, I just wanted to see what, what is your opinion on uh, fixing the school system? I mean, other than getting rid of it completely. Well, no one wants to get rid of schools. We just want to get the government out of it. Well, the, the government. Getting, giving, getting the government out of it. I so, mean... Well, How here's, do you here's, here's a question. Do you think do you think that vouchers would be a good way to go? And what kind of vouchers? Is that a step in, in the right direction? Does it just well, reaffirm a, a system that is uh, faulty and allows it to keep going? Those are very difficult questions to answer. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm currently in high school, and I think the, our high school is getting worse and worse day by day. So yeah, it, it keeps yeah. getting worse. I mean, that's what government does. It gets more, it gets bigger, it gets more oppressive, and and as it does that, it becomes more and more inefficient and lousy at the things that it attempts. I mean, there is no fix for the government schools. Yeah, you can get them down to controlled on a local level. Some schools, some government schools, are certainly better than others. Right, um, and it, and the less federal money they're receiving, probably the better. I mean, there are certainly some steps you could take, but inevitably we need to get the government's hands off of it, or our kids are going to continue suffering. Thank you for the call. Uh, you know what? We may have time for Dan in the Give Me Liberty bar to say, like, a couple words, Dan. Hey, all right, real quick. Just wanted to say, um, everybody I've told about the Free State Project has been very receptive. Good and to know, sir. Good to know. A, we are short on time. Correct. Call us again sometime, but we appreciate it. Didn't have time for Doug either. It's been Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 